Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. I am so excited about this show today. I'm excited for many reasons. Let me tell you. First of all, I have a national disability leader on the phone on the line with us. But in addition to that on the show today, I have someone who I consider a true civil rights leader, a real freedom fighter. And you know what? She's a friend of mine, and I can tell you she is the real deal. She is the real deal. She is the CEO of ADA, Inc. Welcome to the show, Ms. Joan Stein. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and to be on your show. Well, let me tell you what, Joan, who is the president and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates, Incorporated, you are becoming so well-known, Joan, that I actually am doing this show from Denver at the Excel Conference, which is several days this week, and I saw Commissioner Christine Griffin, and she was so excited to know that you were going to be on the show. Well, she talk about talk about a freedom fighter. Chris Griffin being a commissioner for the EEOC, she is a true, true advocate for people with disabilities and the EEOC made a huge find in getting her on the commission. So Boy, you're please, not kidding. Please I, give I her agree my, with you. my best. I will give her your best. Well, Jen, for our listeners throughout the world who may not have heard you on a prior show, how about if you first tell them what caused you to found ADA, Inc.? Well, I was working at Three Rivers Center for Independent Living, which is a center for independent living located here in Pittsburgh, and it was back in 1990, and I was the director of development and public relations. Well, at that time, as you well know, was the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I said to the board of directors, look, this is going to create a huge cottage industry because businesses and corporations and everybody in the country is going to need to know how to make their facilities accessible to people with disabilities. And as a Center for Independent Living, we knew this better than anybody else because we were people with disabilities and we were living it and had been doing it professionally So I said to the board, instead of going to corporations and saying to them, we're a great nonprofit, would you give us a grant, why not start a business and say to other businesses, look, you have a need, we have a way of fulfilling it, let's do business. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, their first reaction was, well, let's make it a nonprofit. And I said to them, if you make it a nonprofit, people won't expect to pay anything. And because we're people with disabilities, unfortunately, they'll expect less from us. So let's make it a for-profit business and use the profits from it to fund activities that the SIL can operate that the government wouldn't fund. So in roughly 1992, I founded um, ADA Incorporated as the wholly owned for-profit subsidiary of the nonprofit. And about six years later, my three partners and I bought 51% of the company so that we could get certified as a woman business enterprise. And as they say, the rest is history. (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you what, you have some great partners. You really do. Do you want to mention them, Joan? Yes. uh, There are four of us in the company, and my partners are Clifford Payne, who has a very strong background in 
commercial construction, and um, he's been he's been with us since 1993. Carol Kakuzi, who um, does all of our design review work, Carol is a wheelchair user. She's been a wheelchair user most of her life, and she just does an incredible job of looking at blueprints and looking at floor plans and and taking them apart literally just. Uh, an inch at a time and finding so many things that um, design professionals don't get as design professionals and helping them to remedy those those errors while it's still on paper. And so she's been with me um, since the beginning. She was actually one of the employees at the Center for Independent Living when, when I started ADA Incorporated. And then rounding us out is Penny Reddy, who is our Vice President and COO, and What's funny about about Penny coming into the company is in 1998, we um, we hired Penny um, as our administrative assistant. And as I jokingly say to people, she did that job for about two days and then immediately went into project management and doing accessibility surveys and everything else under the sun. So you can imagine that with four of us and you look at the, the kinds of jobs and clients that we service across the United States, we do a lot of work, and it's it's not just um, it's a labor of love for us because we're very passionate about what we do. Because our corporate mission is to identify, to work with organizations to identify and remove barriers, so that people with disabilities can enter and fully participate in what those organizations have to offer. And we're very passionate about it. Uh, you are, and you definitely have a great staff. And once again, if you're listening, I want you to know Jones, CEO and President of Accessibility Development Associates, is known nationally for the work she does in this area. And actually, Joan, for our listeners, whether they be in business or individuals with disabilities, what are all the main services you provide at ADA, Inc.? And also, if you could list your website. Sure. Our website is www.adaconsults.com. Our phone number is 412-471-4156. Our services are are pretty varied. Um, We actually... We're, we're not architects, we're not engineers, which is usually the first thing that people ask us. But we, we, we do our work from a very holistic approach. We do provide uh, um, facility reviews. Uh, we'll go into a building and um, literally look at every aspect of the facility to determine um, how someone with a disability, whether it's a mobility impairment, a visual impairment, a hearing impairment, can um, maneuver about and, and participate in whatever is going on in that facility and then help the building owner or manager remove those barriers. We provide a great deal of design consulting services. Um, one of our pride and joys, obviously, is we were on the design team for PNC Park, which is the ballpark for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It is the most accessible ballpark in the country. Um, I'm very proud to say that. And we just joined the team for the new Penguins Arena and are starting on that project. So we're very excited about the opportunity to um, create a new arena here in Pittsburgh that will be truly accessible for people with disabilities. So we, and we do those design review services for clients all around the country. We also provide training and a whole, whole wide array of training for um, organizations, whether it's customer service training 
for museums and sports and entertainment facilities because, truthfully, Joyce, you can build the Taj Mahal of accessibility. You can have the most accessible facility in the world. But if your staff don't know how to interact properly with someone with a disability, all of that is done in vain. You know, if you come into to a restaurant and you know this happens all the time, Joyce, it happens to, to us with, with friends and colleagues who use wheelchairs. We come into a restaurant, it's perfectly accessible. We sit down at the table and the server will ask us what our friend or colleague wants to eat. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're being rude. It's not that they're being mean. Chances are that they are uncomfortable. They don't know what to do. So we provide a whole range of training to people um, in the service industry, in the in the hotel industry. I do trainings at um, at sports and entertainment venues so that people understand that people with disabilities just want an equal opportunity to participate. Um, we do a whole range of human um, human resource training and human resource consulting for employers because again. Employers, as you know, Joyce, working in the in the employment arena, they don't know what to do, and sometimes facilitating that discussion with either an existing employee who may incur a disability or an illness, or trying to make modifications to their facility for a new employee, we get we get involved in that. And another large part of um, the kind of work that we do is that because the ADA is a complaint-driven law, people with disabilities, here we are 15 years after the implementation of the ADA. You know, it was signed in 1990, but the implementation of it started on January 26, 1992. There are still many, many facilities out there, many, many building owners who say, gee, when do I have to comply? And they haven't done anything yet. So there are lots of ADA lawsuits going on around the country. And um, we get called quite often by um, business owners and, and organizations, and we go in and do expert reviews, um, either on behalf of the plaintiff or on behalf of the defendant, to actually give the, the expert opinion in terms of whether that facility is in compliance or not. And we travel all around the country to do that kind of work. So it's a it's a broad array of, of services that we provide, but the bottom line of it is, you know, I'm often asked, are our reports any different whether we work for the defense defendant or the plaintiff? And I say the facts are the facts, but our work is to help businesses to understand that the remedies can be cost effective, and by opening their businesses and removing those barriers, they're welcoming people in to spend money to be employees, to be paying customers, and there's a return on that investment that is multifold. And that is so critical, what you just said right there. I'll tell you what, this reminds me, I hope when you're listening to the show you can see how much uh, this company is able to do for you. And once again, that's adaconsults.com. Yes. Um, if you're wanting to reach Joan and get in touch with her. But there's so much they do, and let me tell you, so much 
that needs to be done. And we'll talk to Joan more about that as soon as we come back from break. Once again, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Joan Stein, President and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates, Incorporated. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com, where disability does matter. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. This is Joyce Bender, and if you just joined us, our guest today is Joan Stein, President and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates Incorporated and truly a national leader for civil rights for Americans with disabilities. Joan was talking right before we went to break on the many services 
her company provides, one of which, for example, as Joan mentioned, she did all the work making sure PNC Park, the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball stadium, uh, would be accessible. I want you to know they did win. PNC Park did win a national award for being so accessible. And, of course, we give credit to Joan Stein and her company for all that great work she did. And, Joan, you also... Did some work in golfing, I believe. Yes, yes, that's that's our most recent um, client in the sports arena, and it, it was very exciting. As a golfer, it was doubly exciting for me. Um, the Pittsburgh was the host. Oakmont Country Club was the host for the U.S. Open in in June of this year, and we were very fortunate to be hired by the USGA as their ADA consultants. And so, what we did this year was the USGA had done quite a bit of work and and has really put um, people with disabilities and seniors very prominently on their radar screen and really been paying quite a bit of attention to to that demographic and had already put in place, they had a volunteer committee of 75 volunteers um, that made up their disabled access committee and so what I did in working with the USGA was I came in, I worked with this volunteer committee. They had 200, um, they had a, an agreement with Pride Mobility Scooters, and we had 200 Pride Mobility Scooters that um, spectators could come in and get a scooter free of charge to use for the day to get to traverse around the golf course. And for anybody who's not familiar with Oakmont Golf Course, it's quite, quite, Extensive. It's a huge golf course and was difficult to get around if, if you didn't have a disability. We also, those volunteers also drove um, six or seven different golf carts where we transported people around to different hole locations. We had, um, seg- we had four different holes on the golf course where people with disabilities could actually sit right at the greens and watch people, watch the players putt. Um, it was it was quite incredible, and my work was really benchmarking the efforts that the USGA had made for Oakmont for this year and in developing and planning moving forward. And the feedback that I received from so many of the patrons was so incredible. People were so appreciative of the efforts that we had made to make accommodations. And the interesting thing is people think that Somebody with a disability would not be interested in golf or would not be interested in coming out and watching golf, and that is absolutely not true. Um, What we found were um, particularly older people um, who were losing their ability to walk or um, I met one, one older couple that the husband had Parkinson's disease and it was very advanced, and his eyes just lit up by the fact that he was there. In fact, he was a long-standing president of a very prominent golf club here in western Pennsylvania. And his wife told me that because we had offered these services of transporting them around in the golf cart and so forth, it made them able to be able to be at at the U.S. Open. So it's very exciting. Um, I'm very, very pleased that... Um, We've become involved with the USGA, and I'm now planning my work with um, the USGA for Torrey Pines in in San Diego next June. And we plan to build a better 
a better mousetrap, you know, for each year because each golf course is different, each venue is different, and really helping golf courses and people to understand that people with disabilities want to be spectators, people with disabilities still want to be able to golf, and there are things that you can do even when you're looking at, say, a country club, people think, well, why would, why would a country club want to deal with accessibility? But when you think of the things that happen at a country club, you have weddings, you have wedding receptions, you have banquets, you have all of those things that go on that maybe grandma and grandpa want to be able to, to come and participate, or you have family members that have disabilities, that if your facilities aren't accessible to them, you're not including them. So, again, it's the kind of thing that if you look at it from that perspective and you remove those barriers, you're opening it up to more and more people. You know what? That is so true, Jen. And when you were talking about people with disabilities, uh, you know, participating in golfing, only a couple weeks ago, uh, the chief operating officer at my company, Mary Brocker, went to a golf tournament and took Michelle Halloran with her mm-hmm. here in Pittsburgh to golf. And Michelle is a person uh, who is a member of the deaf community. And, you know, don't you know that, like, everyone wants to be able to participate in these things? Absolutely. And the mistake that people make is they say, Oh, well, how would people with disabilities do this? Mm -hmm. And here we are. There are people with disabilities right now, just as I gave you that example with Michelle, um, and who have various disabilities that would want to participate. But in addition to that, as Joan mentioned, we have this huge baby boomer group retiring. That's right. Many of these people will definitely acquire disabilities, but they're still going to want to participate. Absolutely. And I think that is absolutely awesome that you're doing that. Uh, and once again, Joan is at www.adaconsults.com. If you're listening to the show and you want to tell someone you know about the work she does, and I want to also go back to one thing Joan said, which I think is so important. You can, When she said you can have the most accessible building in the world, But if the people that work there aren't trained, it's not going to work. An example of this would be, as you all know, uh, at my company, Bender Consulting Services, I employ people with disabilities. I am a woman with epilepsy, and I have many people working in competitive employment all across the country, but I also have a management team located in Pittsburgh. And one of those individuals who is a person who is blind has a guide dog. How many times now has he gone to a restaurant where the person or and a hotel where the person walked over and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, a dog wouldn't be allowed here." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, to Joan's point, that could be a totally accessible restaurant exactly. or a hotel. Exactly, and and you know that there are ADA lawsuits that are being litigated every day because people have been refused access to restaurants or to hotels because of their guide dog or their service dog. And that is a blatant violation of the ADA. And the the unfortunate part about that, Joyce, is that accommodation costs zero dollars. Right. Yeah, this is my point. If you would bring Jones Company in to train the staff, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, you you know... this is so much that you could prevent right. not only a lawsuit, but also, remember, 
You don't want to become known as being disability unfriendly. That's right. Because may I tell you, there's 54 million of us, and we all have fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, husbands, wives, and children. And, you know, when you have a significant disability, the family unit is really involved. That's right. So it just makes perfect sense. Why would you not want to train? And I would actually tell you, if you're listening to the show and if you work at a restaurant or if you're with a restaurant chain, I really would encourage you to get in touch with Joan's company because this happens so many times to my employees where someone will say, sorry, you can't come in here with a dog or treat the person really strange when they first come in. That is, as Joan said, a blatant violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act and you may have the most accessible restaurant that there is or hotel, but you have to train people because they just don't know. Right. And, you know, the flip side of that is one of the reasons why PNC Park got the national award was the work that they did there wasn't, as I said, it wasn't just the work that we did with them on the facility aspect of it, but for opening season in 2001, I was part of their, they did a customer service Grand Slam training program, and I was part of it where their disability training was integrated, and I trained every single employee there, and I still get letters from people. I get letters and I get comments from people with disabilities who say to me, it's such a wonderful ballpark, but they also treat me so nicely. And isn't it a sad commentary that someone with a disability has to point out that they're treated well? Yes. but There's but a difference do. between welcoming mm-hmm. and tolerating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we all get it loud and clear. Yeah. We're going to go to break for a minute, but if you just tuned in... You're listening to Joan Stein, President and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates. We are talking about what you can do to make your building, your company, your site accessible for all Americans, including Americans with significant disabilities. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. 
People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. We have as our guest today, Miss Joan Stein, President and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates Incorporated. That's ADAconsults.com. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Joan, as you well know, a horrific tragedy in 2006 was Hurricane Katrina. I mean, that was just as we all know, absolutely horrifying. And, and what many people may not know who are listening to the show today is that many people with significant disabilities lost their lives, many. As a matter of fact, many people with significant disabilities are still today in nursing homes in New Orleans from this horrible tragedy. I wondered, Joan, I think that, you know, we, we all know that at any point in time, there can be a natural disaster, there can be a terrorist act, there can be just a terrible flood, as you know there was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a few years ago. You, you never know what's going to happen. I wondered if you could talk to our listeners about what you're doing at ADA Incorporated in the area of emergency preparedness for people with disabilities. Yes, Joyce, and, and, and to reference back to Katrina, the, the real tragedy of Katrina was multifold. One was that the city of New Orleans had a wonderful emergency preparedness plan on their website and, and so forth. They didn't implement it. And when, they, when the mayor started saying to people, get out of the city, what he didn't acknowledge or realize were the thousands and thousands of people who could not evacuate, who either didn't have the financial means or the personal means of being able to get out or who physically could not get out. And when you looked at the disproportionate number of people who were killed um, or who were left in their attics or second floors of their homes, they were very poor um, seniors and people with disabilities 
who could not be evacuated. And so that, that in, in and of itself was a large part of the tragedy of the community being unprepared for Katrina. Um, there was actually a case um, that, it, that New Orleans, that one of the parishes was notorious for, was there was a personal care home down in the New Orleans area that um, the owners of the personal care home were brought up on, on, um, on criminal <clears throat> charges because they had plans made for their residents and they evacuated the personal care home and left the residents there to die. And that husband and wife were brought up on criminal charges and, and were convicted because of those residents' deaths. So it, it was a tragedy on a whole host of levels. I remember that. That yes. was absolutely yes. horrifying. What, what and, we, and, John, one yes. question before you go in detail of what you do. I was just wondering, have you ever worked with a city on this, because when you were talking about, and if not, that is something I would suggest, even if they did a pilot in Pittsburgh. You know when you were saying how New Orleans had this wonderful emergency preparedness on their website, mm-hmm. but many people seem to forget that people in poverty don't have a laptop sitting there? Right, right, right. We haven't worked with the city per se. Um, what What tends to happen is that they pull community groups together and they get feedback, but again, they leave out people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. They leave out the the most um, the most frail populations, and and in terms of not only getting their input, but in identifying their needs. And so that that is a that is an issue, and and unfortunately. Um, cities don't have a don't have a good track record. I don't know I don't know many cities who have have really addressed that very adequately. Um, yeah, and if you're listening to the show today, even if you're in a small town, I would really encourage you to contact adaconsults.com or, or take this to your local community mm-hmm. because I'm telling you, we never know when something's going to happen, exactly. Exactly. but we don't want to be left out. And when right. I say we, remember, baby boomers, all getting older, you two will be in wheelchairs. Right. Well, and, and the issue is, and, and this is the kind, the kind of work that we do here at the company, is that, and, and I put a very strong emphasis on calling it emergency preparedness and not calling it emergency evacuation. Because if you wait to look at it as evacuation, it's too late. You must be prepared. But the reality of the situation is, is I don't know that there is any building owner or building manager who knows who is in their building at any point in time who knows every single person who's in their building at any point in time. And if they do, if they know that per- every person's ability to be able to evacuate that building using stairs, because someone, whether they may look, and I, you know, I hate the word normal. People always say, well, Joan, you look normal. Well, you know, I went outside the bell curve in kindergarten when I started eating paste. But the reality mm-hmm. is somebody can look able-bodied but they could have a hidden disability. They could mm-hmm. have emphysema. They could have a heart condition. Or, like me, epilepsy. Exactly. But they could also have a panic disorder. Mm-hmm. That when the alarms go off, they're hiding under their desk. They could, there could be a whole host. You, you have so many buildings where it's a multi-use building. 
There could be retail in that building. There are many tenants in that building. So people are coming in and out of that building hundreds at a time at any point in time. So you never know who is in your building at any point in time, and you never know their ability to be able to evacuate by using stairs because the first thing that happens when the alarm goes off is that the elevators automatically return to the first floor. And if you are in a building that is any higher than two stories, you are going to have to use stairs. So that's your first consideration. How are you going to get people from those upper stories down to the ground level to evacuate that building if they cannot use stairs? And that's your first challenge. Now, the secondary challenge in that is, and, and this, is, this is what frightens people, and I intentionally frighten them because it's what you have to do to get them to think about it, is that what happens if someone, if people get injured in the course of the emergency? Mm-hmm. You could come into that building being able-bodied that morning, and something happens and you get injured. You are going to need assistance evacuating that building. But let's just take another scenario. You have a 25-year-old able-bodied young man who works on the 15th floor of a building, and he blows his knee out playing basketball that weekend, comes back to work two or three days later having had arthroscopic surgery on his knee, and he's on crutches. You could have an emergency plan put into place, but he never thinks about letting security or the safety team know that he's on crutches. There's an emergency. Is he going to be able to go down 15 flights of stairs using the, using the stairs if, you, if there's an emergency? No. So the issue is you have to look. You can't look at this only as being useful for people with disabilities. You have to look at this as every single person in that building is a potential user. Now, Having said that, all building owners and building managers and employers, the first thing they say to me is, well, I can't ask anybody what's wrong with them. That's a violation of the ADA. I can't ask them that. And the bottom line of it is is that you're not asking them to disclose confidential information. There's a very big difference between me saying to you, Joyce, what's the matter with you? Or, Joyce, We're trying to create a safe environment here. Please tell us if you would need assistance in evacuating the building. You create an atmosphere by educating people and communicating with them that you want their assistance. They need to play a role. They need to participate in this process by letting you know if they will need assistance in evacuating the building because otherwise you're not prepared. You can't prepare your facility. And what we do in working with organizations, we prepared a pro- we have a program with a 64, we developed for a 64-story office building here in Pittsburgh that works. We did a, an entire program with them. We trained their security staff. We have... A, we develop what we call a buddy program, which can be effective in certain scenarios where employees team up with coworkers who become their buddies. But the bottom line of it is, is the first thing that you have to do is you have to know what your facility can support 
before you can develop a plan. But you must develop a plan. You can't develop an emergency operation program or an emergency operation plan and not include how you're going to evacuate people with disabilities, whether it's people with mobility impairments, people with hearing impairments. You know, you have to look and see, if I have a hearing impairment and I'm in the restroom and the alarms go off, if there's not a strobe in that restroom, I don't know there's an alarm going off. Right, so this is why, you know, as I'm listening to all this, you know, whether you are a major corporation... Uh, you know, a federal agency, government, or if you're in retail, uh, no matter what you are, this is so important. You know, you can't say, oh, well, it hasn't happened that often. Guess what? We had 9-11, now we had Katrina. Two totally different things. But in both cases, people with disabilities were, of course, unfortunately, killed in these well, and, both and examples. Exactly. You and- really need to think about this because if you don't, if something does happen, panic takes it, over. And exactly. when panic takes over, it's never going to work. It's not, and, and, you know, when, when people talk about recovery costs after a disaster, they're always talking about bricks and mortar and paper. How can you calculate the recovery costs of human beings? You can't. Right. You can't. There is no way you can't. It is impossible. And, you know, if you're listening to this show, you can see how important this is. Once again, Joan Stein is at www.adaconsults.com. Joan is the CEO of Accessibility Development Associates, and we'll be right back with her. But right now, we've got to go to break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. A renowned speaker, writer, and personal coach, Steve Maraboli has risen to national prominence by delivering highly penetrating and effective programs that help people shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to their greatest potential, and align themselves with happiness, success, and excellence. From Fortune 500 companies, national corporations, and social organizations, to professional athletes and inner-city youth, Steve Maraboli is a recognized leader in personal enhancement. 
Speeches, seminars, and coaching with Steve Maraboli are designed to help break through the barriers that hinder happiness and success, rejuvenate ambition, reignite the drive to succeed, boost productivity, amplify motivation and inspirational drive, renew inner strength, and maximize effectiveness. Today is a new day. Release the power within. For more information, visit our website, abettertoday.com or stevemariboli.com or email us at staff at stevemariboli.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. If you just tuned in, remember... You can go to voiceamerica.com or you can go to benderconsult.com and listen to a show you have missed for the past three years. They're all archived because you may want to tell many of your friends about this show that was on today with Joan Stein, President and CEO of Accessibility Development Associates Incorporated. Joan, you do so much work in so many areas, but of course one area you do a lot of work in is making sure that a building is accessible. And I do have a question for you. What do you do when you work in a building, a person with a disability, that is not accessible and when the person asks, hey, why are you making this building accessible? The answer is, sorry, we were grandfathered in. It's probably the biggest myth that people have about the ADA. There is no grandfathering under the ADA. When the provisions of Title III of the ADA were passed, were implemented on January 26, 1992, which also covered the employment provisions, what it what it says is that any building that was built, designed and built prior to the implementation of the ADA in 1992, you were to perform readily achievable barrier removal. And that's a process. And that was a process that was to have begun on January 26, 1992. Now, readily achievable is described as easily accomplishable without undue burden, without financial hardship. So for smaller organizations, you know, maybe they needed to build a ramp and maybe the ramp would cost $10,000 and maybe in that first year they didn't have the funds to come up to be able to build that ramp in the first year. So they may have needed to spend a year or two 
to get the funds together to build that ramp. But we are now 15 years past January 26, 1992. So if someone is still saying and believing, which unfortunately they are across the country, saying, well, we didn't have to do anything because we were grandfathered in, that's wrong. And that is still a huge source of um, ADA lawsuits across the country where building owners, um, restaurant chains, hotel chains, any, any businesses where they have not removed barriers, where they have not gone through the process of removing barriers in their existing buildings since January 26, 1992. Now, for anything that was designed or built since January 26, 1992, those were to follow the new construction guidelines under the ADA. And the second biggest problem that we see with the ADA is that design professionals, unfortunately, believe that the ADA is supposed to be a building code. And it's not. It's a civil rights law. So what we still see today is we see architects and engineers and design professionals using the International Building Code as their template for designing buildings. And there are substantive differences between building codes and the ADA requirements. And if they and and the problem gets even more complicated because building code officials sign off on those plans. So unfortunately, architects and engineers have to get that sign off. And so they believe, well, the code official just signed off on this, so I'm fine. And the building owner believes, well, we're fine because the building code official signed off on these plans. But the reality is is that someone with a disability can file a suit against the building owner, against the architect, against the engineer, against the contractor, against everybody, in the, in the in the process because they did not design and construct in accordance with the ADA requirements and that person with a disability will prevail because the building code does not match the ADA building code ADA not the same Absolutely. civil rights law building code not the same Absolutely. if you go into a restaurant or you go work someplace and you go to use the restroom for example and they have two small narrow bars and you cannot get in there and transfer from your wheelchair this is not exactly. ADA compliant exactly that is why once again to save yourself so many issues Joan Stein, ADAconsults.com. You know, I would not rely on someone that is not an expert in this area. And that, my friends, is what Joan Stein brings to the table is her area of expertise. Joan, I know we only have a few minutes left, but everyone that's on the show, I ask these last two questions to. So first I have to ask you, you've already achieved so much in your life uh, that I'm sure you're very proud of, but at your company specifically, at ADA Inc., what are you the proudest of? Well, there are two things actually, Joyce. One is, and you know this as a small business owner, the fact that this is 2007, and we incorporated in 1992, and we're still here. <laughs> right. That's right. Jack so, Roseman always said, after yes. five years, it's a miracle. Yes, because so many small businesses. And as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you wake up every morning with that 
with that drive in the pit of your stomach and that not in the, in the pit of your stomach. So the fact that, that we, we are here, that we're thriving, that people around the country call us and say, we need you. We are, I am the most proud of that. And the fact that, that we, that people look at us for our expertise, that we are recognized for the level of skill and expertise that we have. That has to be what I am the most proud of. Um, you know, I look at the facilities and I look at the work, but when I look at the fact that people look to us and say, you are the experts, we rely on you, and that the people who look to us for that are lawyers and building owners and the EEOC and the Department of Justice and, you know, major corporations, to me, that's my source of pride. As it should be. That, as it should be. And I'm telling you, you know, if you're listening to the show and you know someone and you're thinking, I know a business or I know someone I should talk to about this, remember, you can still listen to this show by going to voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com and listen to the shows that are archived because it is so important what Joan is doing. So, Joan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? There's, there, it, it's a message that's one and the same. People with disabilities have $175 billion of discretionary income a year, and that's according to the Department of Labor. And, Joyce, you mentioned earlier that we are baby boomers. You and I are baby boomers. There are millions of us out there, and we're, we're not aging gracefully. It's, it's, it's not going to be a pretty scenario. So the bottom line of it is is that any effort that a business owner makes to make their facilities accessible and user-friendly, it means that they're making, that they're welcoming everybody into their business, whether they're pushing a wheelchair, a walker, a baby stroller. So doesn't it make sense to do that? Doesn't it make sense to welcome people in to come into your business as an employee when we're looking at the huge brain drain that's happening across the country? Doesn't it make sense to welcome customers in who, if they come in and they're treated well, will come back time and time and time again and will tell the people that are within their sphere of influence, hey, I found this great restaurant or I found this great store and it was easy to get into, it was easy to maneuver around in, but what's even cooler about it is that they treated me with respect. They talked to me. They looked at me when they talked to me. And that's isn't that what it's all about? That's what it's about. You know all what? About. I have to, I end every show that we have with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it is from Congressman Steny Hoyer, and I'm telling you why I'm using it. Every show, every chance I get, remember, call all your friends and all your congressmen, your representative, and tell them to get behind that ADA Restoration Act. Mm-hmm. We want to see it pass, folks. This is what Steny Hoyer said. Passage of this legislation is critical to helping us achieve the ADA's promise and cr- of creating a society in which Americans with disabilities can realize their full potential. And isn't that just what Joan Stein was talking about? I hope you enjoyed the show today. Joan, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Joyce. It was a pleasure. This is Joyce Bender. 
America's Voice on voiceamerica.com where disability does matter. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.